Good morning, and once again, a joyful Sabbath. Amen. Good morning. And I know in these times, it seems like joy is hard to give. Mm -hmm. Happiness is hard to give. But joy is a gift from God. Amen. And even in the midst of this pandemic, I was listening to, it's been on the news a couple of times this week, you know, about depression and stuff. And it's, it's a real deal. You know, some like me, I'm, I'm a happy-go-lucky person. I don't really, I've never been depressed, you know, to where I wanted to take my life or something like that. I've, I've never let, I've always been able to laugh stuff off. And, you know, I have my own coping mechanisms, which everybody should have. But there's a lot of people out here right now, especially during this pandemic, because it's putting so much pressure on you financially, your family, you're worried about different things. And if you already had a problem with depression before this epidemic started, all it's doing now is multiplying. And the reason I'm talking about this is because I was listening to the interview with Michelle Obama, the former first lady. And you know how she had to come out and admit that she, and I mean, when you think about people like this that's wealthy, you know, they were wealthy before they became president and first lady. You know, they had a family. They, they had a good life. You know, they've done a lot of stuff. But for her to come out, and talk about, you know, all the social ills we see going on. And it, it does weigh on you. But you can't let it get to where you get so, to where you go into depression. There's a thing called worrying and there's a thing called concern. Now, if we are actually children of God, we should be concerned about everything that's going on around us. But we shouldn't be worried about it because ultimately God's in control of everything. And sometimes that's what happens. We try to all of a sudden become God and try to fix these things. Now there's some things that we can play a part in, but the biggest thing is just bringing awareness to the stuff around us and praying and allowing God and the Holy Spirit and Yeshua to come in and fix this stuff. And that'll take a lot of worry out of your life. And like I said, it's all right to be concerned. I'm gonna ask Pastor to open us up with a word of prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Gracious God, Father, we come this morning, God, uh, humble as we possibly can thanking you, God, for another wonderful day, God, another Sabbath day, where we get to cast all of our cares to the side, God. We get to focus and concentrate uh, and humble ourselves in your presence, God, to be able to praise and worship your holy and righteous name, God. So we thank you, God, for this 24-hour period, God, from sundown last night to sundown tonight, God, that we would be able to come into your presence, God, and just give you glory, God, for you being God, Father, not for new cars, new houses, new money. God, we just want to thank you for being God. Father, for thank you for placing it in our hearts that you are in control no matter what we're going uh, through on this earth, God. We know that you are in control. God, uh, even the things that the enemy is trying to do, God, you even have to remove your hand so he can do it, Father. So we know that the enemy is not in control. Man is not in control. Politicians are not in control. Money is not in control. God, we know that you are in control, that you sit high, you look down low, and that you have our best interests at your heart, God. Your people, those who are called by your name, those who have chosen, God, to serve you uh, under the banner of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ the Messiah. Those of us who you called out of darkness into your marvelous light, God. Those of us who you have placed your Holy Spirit in, God. Your Ruach HaKadosh, God, that we may live uh, by your will and by your way. So we thank you, God, for this day. We thank you uh, for the opportunity to come into the sanctuary, God, to be able to uh, give uh, credence and give honor to you, Father, to be able to uh, rightfully divide your word, God, to continue to have your word to go throughout the airways, God, through the World Wide Web, God, through those uh, few numbers that are here, Father. We are excited that we are still able to be able to teach and preach your word, God, so that some man, some woman, some boy, some girl would have an opportunity to say yes to you, God. So we thank you for choosing us and using us for such a daunting task that we may be able to be your representatives, your ambassadors in these last and evil days. God, we know that we have been born for such a time as this. So God, we know that you have filled us with tenacity, with power, where you have filled us with your spirit who leads and guides us in all truth and righteousness. So God, we put our hope and our faith and our trust in you. 
There is no depression in your people, God. We may go through sad moments, God. The devil may get us for a minute, God. But we thank you that through the psalmist, you let us know that you restore our souls, God. Whenever we become down, God, whenever we become sad, God, that you restore our souls, God, that you set us back on high, Father. So we thank you. We bless you. We love you. We trust you. We honor you. And we would ask right now in the wonderful name of your son Jesus that you would remove the teacher, God, that you would allow your words to proceed out of his mouth, God. Uh, so we thank you for choosing us and using us, God. Bless those who are listening, those who are signed on, Father, and have us to be able to uh, come to you in all truth and righteousness, Father, because you said those of us who worship you must worship you in spirit and in truth. So we just thank you today. Thank you. It is in the wonderful, everlasting, mighty name of your son, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ the Messiah, that we pray. And let all of God's people say amen, amen. and amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 We've been talking about basically telling your story. And the first lesson dealt with you just telling your story. Then we see how we have to allow the Holy Spirit to work with it within us. Really, the ultimate thing that the, the le every lesson is trying to get us to see is when you're telling your story, you should always be pointing towards Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. Amen. It is only through Him that we have a story. Because he allowed, he brought us through some things in our life. Amen. He brought us through some traumatic events. Amen. Emotional trauma in some people's lives. Amen. It's overcoming uh, generational curses. There's curses that we put in our life. Then there's attacks by the enemy for no reason. There's all kinds of things that, and the lessons getting us to see that through all this, building our story up to now so that we can share it with other people. Then it showed how we have to allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us when we're doing this. Now this week, the lesson's talking about sharing the word. Because after you tell your story, you do have to be able to use some biblical principles and, and show some people from the Bible how this, that's your life. It, all our lives are in the Bible. Amen. Everything that they went through in the Bible is the same things we're going through. It might be a different something different, like it might be drug addiction or alcoholism or bad relationships or whatever. There's a story in there because it's showing you how you overcome it is by professing the name Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. Now sharing his word. The memory text comes from Isaiah 55 and 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me, boy. But it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the things for which I sin. Now, once again, we always have to remember when we're studying and when we're looking at scripture, the mind that's God talking to Isaiah, that's not Isaiah talking. So every time you see mine, you have to revert back or me. It reverts back to God and saying, saying his word is not going to return for Not our word. And sometimes we get this little God complex and we think our words have the power. No, it's the word oh God. of, of Yahweh, God, the one who breathed life into us. It's all about his word, not our word. Now we're storytelling and telling it in our words, but you have to be able to bring it back to scripture. And he's saying now, whatever I have in my word, it's not going to return unto me, boy. This shall prosper in the things which I sense. Once again, we have to remember God has a will and purpose in our lives. And sometimes what happens is our will and our purpose ain't lining up with God's will and purpose. But he's saying, the purpose that I had for you sooner or later, all of us, and like I always say, I always use the analogy with me and Elder. The story about me and Elder, how we didn't like to go out there and advantage of this. Well, you know what? He wanted us out there. So his word didn't return void. Finally, it was down, it beat us up enough that we knew that we were supposed to go and do what God wanted us to do. Now, I sit in this building, just giving classes and stuff. It was actually going out there, mingling and touching people. When we witness, we speak of Jesus, Yeshua. But what would we know about Jesus without the Bible? 
In fact, how much do we really know about the great controversy? The love of God, the birth, the life, the ministry, the death, the resurrection, and the return of the Lord, if we did not have scripture. Although natural events reveal the majesty and power of God, it does not reveal the plan of salvation. Jesus, through the person of the Holy Spirit, is the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. And that's out of John 1, verse 9. Still, without the word of God to explain the divine truth fully, the Holy Spirit's revelation to our hearts is limited. The written word of God is the clearest and fullest revelation of Jesus, the living word. Although the religious leaders study the word of God, many miss his primary message. Jesus said, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are which they testify of me. Rightly understanding, every teaching of the Bible reflects the beauty of Jesus' character. When we share the word of God, our primary goal is not to prove that we are right and that the other person is wrong, it's to reveal Jesus in each facet of the truth we share. I always think there was one time here, one of our, one of our new Lewis Melvin asked a question one time about where do you see Jesus in the Old Testament? And uh, we did a class, you know, we answered her question. And we showed, because there's, there's many out there that don't think that Jesus is talked about in the Old Testament. They don't, they don't think all of a sudden Jesus came about till he was born through Mary. But if you really go back and like you said, search the scriptures, you will see that Jesus is mentioned many times in the Old Testament. You just have, not as, what was that called? Not by that name. No, not by that name, but his personality, his, uh, his divine spirit is received in the Old Testament. And see, that's what confuses a lot of times, because we get so hung up on name. We're not seeing what, that's really what it's trying to tell us here. Jesus is just a name. Yeshua is just a name. The entity that was him, that's where the power and stuff is. And we, we look and we, since we don't see Jesus in the Old Testament, we don't think he talks about it. But that, that spiritual entity is there. That's what we have to remember. Because that's what it's trying to get us to say. He said, you sit here and you search these scriptures. But all these scriptures that you're trying to use for every other meaning is really supposed to be reflecting back to Yeshua, to Jesus the Christ. Because it's through him it says that the salvation is going to come. Because like we all read, the, uh, we've all read Genesis chapter 1. We've seen the creation. And like you said, you can go out there and look. You see an ocean. You see a mountain. You see a forest. You see a river. You see animals creeping all over. But what does that have to do with salvation? Now when you start seeing Jesus, now you see your salvation. We're going to get a little bit more into the creation story in just a minute. Sunday. The symbol of God's word. Uh, Carrie, get her. Psalms 119, 105. Pastor, could you give her? Jeremiah 23 and 29. Elder, could you give Luke 8 and 11? And I give uh, Matthew 4 and 4. What five symbols are used to describe God's word in each of these passages? Okay. Amen. Psalms 119. 105. Amen. Amen. Psalms 105. It reads, Your word is a light. Your word is a lamp for my feet. And a light of my path. Pastor Jeremiah 23 29. 
mighty hammer that smashes a rock in pieces. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, Luke 4, 11. I mean, Luke chapter 8, verse 11. This is the meaning of the parable. I lay a laptop to my feet. Past ten years, fire and yes, sir. What was in years? A seed. A seed. The mind was the bread. So we see the light. We see the hammer and the fire. We see the seed, and then we see the bread. <laughs> the very symbols used in these passages describe some of the primary functions of the Word of God. When we share the scriptures with others. It is like a light that illuminates light. That's what Deacon Carey read. Jesus, the light of the world, world breaks. breaks through the darkness of their misunderstanding about who God is and the nature of his character. Minds darkened with a misunderstanding of God are illuminated by the Holy Spirit through the word of God. <coughs> and I always think back, I always think, you know, we always talk about it like when you're a baby Christian and read the scripture and you get a little understanding in, in your baby your baby Christian's mind and we always say everybody you everyone that I've ever talked to about this they say they go back and later on when they're matured in their, in their walk with uh, Yeshua all of a sudden they come back and they say I, well, I read that and it's like the light went off and I seen it again that's what it's talking about mm -hmm. it's light Amen. because what it says is it's going to clear up any misunderstanding we have as God Amen. okay First, we're unsaved. We have a terrible misunderstanding of God. Then all of a sudden you become a baby Christian. You accepted Jesus as your personal Savior. You allow the Holy Spirit to start working within you. And you get, you're getting some word and you're getting some knowledge. But you still have a misunderstanding of the true and living God and His Son Yeshua. Right. Now all of a sudden when you keep growing and you keep maturing and you keep going up level to level, well, this misunderstanding is going away, going away, going yeah. away. Yeah. But ultimately, we're going to keep going up to different levels to either Jesus comes back Amen. or we die. Amen. It should never be a stopping point where, where our misunderstanding is not falling off and we're getting a greater enlightenment to him. Amen. According to Jeremiah, the word of God is like fire and a hammer. It consumes the dots of sin in our life and breaks our hard hearts. And we know here once again, every time we see this word heart, it's talking about your soul, your inner being, that that makes you up. It's not talking about the pumping blood. When we help people, in, when we help people see in scripture, in scripture, the glory of Jesus, their hard hearts are broken. And the fire of his love consumes the dots of our selfishness, Greed, lust, and self-centeredness. Amen. This says when we help people see in Scripture the glory of Him, that's what all our testimony should be pointing to. Show people. Because I, I always think about it, when I watch the movie The Passion of Christ. You know, to me, the, the, the part really where my heart really, like, I finally grasped the, the whole the whole thing of, of, of Jesus' last hours on this earth. It was through that movie, did. Because, okay, because for the, for the moments, you know, I thought that cat of nine tails was just a little whip. You know a whip hurts. But when it, it showed really, and, and, and the beating he took, that's Jesus' life in you. You made it real vivid. Because like I always say, we were always thinking pictures. So my picture when Jesus got whipped was the same little picture they used to display in the little books. It was a dude with like a little bull whip whipping. All of a sudden, once I saw how, how Jesus did that, he did it for me. See, that's, that's, that's pointing people towards Yeshua, the Messiah, Jesus the Christ. And now, that's really when, when I fully understood how much God really loved me. 
Mm -hmm. He allowed his son to do that. Amen. To go through that for me. Amen. Amen. The word of God is also likened to a seed. The key characteristics of the seed is that it's life giving. Seed takes time to grow. Mm -hmm. Not all seeds germinate at the same time. Not all plants grow at the same rate. But under the right conditions, the life in the seed bursts forth through the soil into a new life. When we plant the seed of the word of God in the hearts and minds of others, we will not always see immediate results. <laughs> but silently the seed is still growing. Amen. And Amen. it's in God's own time. Amen. If they will respond to the Holy Spirit's promptings. And it will produce a harvest for God's kingdom. And I always use back, I always think back about male pastor. You know, Pastor could have got pretty frustrated to stop coming to my house with that Bible in his hand, but he didn't. It was at God's time that I finally allowed my heart to open up and accept what he was trying to bring me. Another thing I, I think back just uh, a few weeks ago, my wife and I was having this little conversation because she's got these bell pepper plants. And she was always complaining about this one plant that wasn't producing no bell peppers. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, maybe, maybe. It's because this other one doing good. Sometimes you just got to give it time. Well, all of a sudden now, we went out there one day and there was like seven bell peppers on the plant that she was talking about. That's just how this thing, that's how the word of God is too. It's that seed growing just because we planted it right now. See, it's it still still takes root. We call the microwave, we want everything now, we want everything hot and ready, we don't want to wait, we're impatient. And that's what it's saying here though. This word, when we plant it in others, it might not be quick. Some people do, some people don't. See, sometimes that's what happens. We might talk to that one person that get it right away, and we feel that that's the one. <laughs> Might not be the one, because remember what the little symbol was when the soul went out throwing the little seed? Some withered right away and died. Some kind of got on a little bit of dirt and started growing, but because it didn't have roots in the ground, it, it blew away. Well, that's the same thing. When, when we're when doing this word, we're going to run across all these kinds of seeds. Some of it's going to be immediate, some of it's not, and some of it just might not ever be. But that's we're not the judge of that. All it's telling us, Tell the story, allow the Holy Spirit to work, and keep always pointing back to Yeshua through his word. Amen. Jesus likens his word to nourishing bread. As many of us know, there are a few things as satisfying as a good loaf of bread. The word of God satisfies the hunger of the soul and nourishes our inner spirit's love. As you share the promises of the word with others and help them discover, that Jesus is the word, their lives will be transformed by his goodness, charmed by his love, amazed in his grace, and satisfied in his, his presence. And I just want to go back kind of like, it just came to me just now, thank you Holy Spirit. Can't read about the life. It takes life for a plant to grow, right? Pastor had about the hammer and the fire. You got to take that hammer to break that ground over to plant the seed that Elder was talking about to get the bread. That's how we eat. Amen. To you got to have all these elements for this to grow. Amen. And that's what all these all these symbols is what is trying. It takes more than one thing for this stuff to grow. For. Amen. Because remember now, didn't even Paul say that he 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 planted the seed, but it was Hollow's water. He planted the seed, the other person watered it, but it was God that got the increase. Same thing. We gotta have life, you gotta have a hammer, you gotta have a seed, then you get the bread of life. Amen. So it's kinda like what I, and that just came to me. Amen. 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 Again, think about the truth that we know only from the Bible. What should this tell us about how much we should treasure what it teaches us? Mm. Think about the truth that we know only from the Bible. How many other history books have taught you anything about God? Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus the Christ.
Christ, the Holy Spirit. And we know from a study, you know, we get translations of translations of literal translations. There's been all kinds of stuff that happened from the first century when this stuff was going on. But ultimately, the underlying thing that never changed, some of us, you know, we, we see where they, they might have added stories or, or, you know, we get lost in the translation of the word. But the underlying thing through the whole Bible that can never be distorted was God's love towards his people. Amen. His people. His children. Amen. Not all creation. His children. This time he wiped creation out. Yeah. But his children, who was really trying to follow. Noah was the only one that was trying to follow him. Him and his family. And God was still so good. He didn't close the door to other people. He gave them every opportunity to get in that ark until the rain started falling. Then he closed to save his people. So you see what he's, he's destroyed the world before, but he made sure that his people had somewhere to go. Amen. And all the people had to do was accept him and get in that ark. The same thing today. God's word has not changed. We're in an ark right now. And if you want to be saved, you have to come out in this door. Now once that rain starts hitting you in the head, <laughs> you might be yelling and hollering, but it's going to be a tad bit late. And it throws you out of that one ready, ladies. The creative power of God's word. Compare Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. Can we get that for me? Pastor, get Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. And Elder, give me Psalms 33, 6 and 9. What do these passages tell us about the power of God's word? Amen. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times in a various ways and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in of the majesty in heaven. So he become so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited and is superior to theirs. Hebrews chapter four verse twelve. The word of God is mighty and powerful, is sharper than the sharpest two edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Psalms <laughs> thirty three. Cut both ways. Cuts both ways. Now, 
in the physical, if you look at a double-edged sword, a double-edged sword is a broad sword. It edges on both sides. There were different swords at different time periods for different fighting methods. Uh, for example, in, in uh, China and in, in uh, Japan, the samurai and the ninjas used a single-edged sword that was kind of curved. The sword, it is giving me an analogy of he is a broad sword, wide, that cuts on both sides. Well, why does it cut on both sides? Because while I'm sitting up here giving you this class, there's some things that's coming back and cutting me. The analogy in a fight is that you can swing both ways. I, I can cut you, and if you're coming up over here, I don't have to turn and pivot. All I have to do is come, and then I go back. But in the spiritual part, it's saying that whatever I'm putting out there to you, for those of you that know me, you know some of this stuff is talking about me. And see, that's the problem sometimes we have when we're giving these classes or we're giving sermons. We think we're just talking to the people out there, and we're not putting ourselves in. Amen. I already know I got some inaccuracies and character flaws. So for me to beat y'all up, I got to beat myself up. And as long as I'm doing that, I think it's fair. Because I never try to say I'm up here perfect. It never is. Might be perfect in some things, but I say it ain't perfect in life. Amen. What do these pastors tell us? And then in, uh, in Elders, it says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Man, how? By his word, the heavens were made. Anything else, we, we got, we have to go out, you make a check, what do you have to do? You have to physically make the cake. You can't say, I want a cake. Well, I can't because I tell my wife and then it'll pop up. But in reality, it's not like that. You have to cook. If I say I'm hungry, my wife cooks me a meal. You know, it just don't, she always teases me about it. Oh, you think this stuff just, just appears. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but that's because I know she's going to do it for me. But what it's saying is, God made the world by just speaking it into existence. Now, it does give some implications for us that we do have the power to speak some things in, but it's in the spiritual realm. Amen. And then it can be manifested in, in, in the physical. Because we had that power to create, because he said that we had the same power that Yeshua had. But his took something from nothing. We're going to get that into that in just a minute, because I asked Pastor to look up some definitions for him. The Word of God is the living Word. It carries with it the power to accomplish the things that it declares. Human words cannot speak of what is, but God speaks of things that are not yet done, and then he creates them by the power of his word. The word of God is a creative word. The audible word that proceeds from his mouth has the power to create everything that it proclaims. In the creation story of Genesis 1, the expression, God said, is used repeatedly in one, Genesis 1 and 3, in 6, 11, 14, 20, 24, 26, and 29. God's declarative words yes. had such power that when he spoke, dry land appeared, mm -hmm. plants sprout, mm -hmm. flowers bloom, fruit trees flourish, and animals sprang forth. There's a fascinating Hebrew word in Genesis 1 for the creative activity of God. It is the word, how did you say, bar? Bara. 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 In this particular form, it's the use of God's creative, God's activity to create something from nothing. The verb is used only when God is the subject. That is, he alone can bara. That does not, he also does through the power of his spoken word. Now I want to get into that real quick, Pastor. Give the definition of the uh, of God's creator, the word. That is created. The other one is made. The one where you take something that's already created and make something that's got uh, Let me get to the word. That's all. <clears throat> That's to make. Barah is to create. From nothing. From nothing. See, the key point there is we can make things, but we can't create things. 
Because see everything that God's already created everything for us to use. Whatever we do now, we make. And it even shows us, if you really, because I did a study one time, if, if, if you really go back and look at Genesis 1, and you'll see there is a time when he uses the word that he created something. Then he also said that he made some things. There's some things that's created, and there's some things that's made. God made us out of the dust of the earth and breathed in the whole spirit. He made us. But he created, created the word that he first came and got us from. So that, that's, you got to look now. And that was just one time I really did intense study to find out the difference between created and made. That's why I kind of like when I seen this, it really didn't shock me and everything. But there are things that he creates and then there's things he makes. And then that's the same way with us now. We can make stuff. What's that? You can't create can't create. Man can't create. Only God can. If you go look the word up in the, in the rest of the dictionary, by his definition, we can't create something. But because it's not, it's a play on words and stuff. Only God can create though. Because he took it out of nothing. Well, everything we have is already here. So he created us. Even if you come in with a scientific, uh, you make some kind of scientific discovery, what they're trying to do now, how they're trying to make they can make a vaccine. Mm -hmm. They can't create a vaccine because whatever they make the vaccine out of is already here. The mm -hmm. one and only time was when you created everything from the beginning. So really and truly, that word should just be thrown away now. But, you know, we want to be God-like. So but he, 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 he created us, though. No, he made us. He made us out of the dust of the earth and breathed into the whole God not only created his word, through the power of his word, but he also sustained and upholds it through his word. Mm -hmm. The same power that is in God's spoken word is in the written word of God. The same Holy Spirit that was active in creation was active in the inspiring of scripture. He is present when we read the Bible or share it with others. There's life giving life-changing, creative power in the Word of God. Let's stop right there, though. The Holy Spirit should be involved. Should be involved. There's times when I think sometimes he said, let us make man. He didn't say let us create man. He said let us make man. If he would have said created, that'd be different. Because really, too, I was thinking back to He made her out of us. He didn't create her. Pastor Hopkins, you always ask people a question about what's your motive. So when That's you are talking two. about the Word of God, the Bible, okay. what's your motive for doing this? Is it really to help the situation, or is it just to make you make everybody think that you're a scholar and, and, and you got everything right? What's your motive? Why are you talking about this word? Because yeah, see, see too many times these days, so we downplay the Word of God. This is the word. It was pointed out to us yeah, a long so, ago yeah, that so, yeah. the word of God was so was so respected and so revered so, that if they wrote he made the beast. Yahweh, he created the, the one world. who breathed life into me. They used to throw that pen away. They wouldn't use it for nothing else. Let us read. But here we are, oh my God, OMG. You never gonna see created. Yeah. Don't you now, know? Y'all remember the story about the boy who cried but he created the male and female. That's what now, it would be a shame if God was like that, would Because here you are, every time something happens, and you go, oh, oh my God, <laughs> OMG. Well, God, every time God hears his name called, what you think he does is a good parent? Yeah. He looks up. Well, during the story about the boy who cried whoop was, he cried whoop so long, they heard that, they didn't look. Now, what happens if God would do that to us? How long are you going to last fighting the devil? Go ahead and grab him around the neck and swing him around and step on his throat. <laughs> but here we're downplaying the holy word of God and play with it. That's why I said <coughs> the Holy Spirit's there when we're there with the right modes trying to do the right thing. Then the Holy Spirit survives in that conversation. But there's too many times we play with God's word. Let's do that out there for some more. Hopefully y'all stop taking God's name a little bit more holy. Amen. More credence and so 
die. This word imparts power. It begets life. Every command is a promise, accepted by the will. Received into the soul, it brings forth life of the infinite one. It transforms nature and recreates the soul in the image of God. As we personally grasp the promise found in the word of God, our lives are changed. And as we help others to grasp these amazing promises, the Holy Spirit will change their life too. Notice what it says though, the Holy Spirit will change their life. It ain't us. Amen. It's just us being the mouthpiece for God giving forth his word. Amen. Telling our testimony how God has brought us through things and showing how it lines up with the word and getting them to see Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ. Imagine God spoke and it was. Let's think about that. Hmm. Yeah. That's why I always say I have no problem with the Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory says that the universe was created from one origin and there was an explosion and out of this explosion came a plethora of stars and planets, universes and galaxies. I have no problem with that because we know the original origin was Yahweh, the one who breathed life into us. How can we grasp what this means? Can you really think about this? Out of nothing. <laughs> And then look, like I said before, just look at the world we're in right now. Look, look at the ocean. Go, go to Sabine Lake and look across the lake. We all got here because the green olds got hit by some lightning and energized it, and it got on a rock. I mean, there's a lot of stuff have to happen for that. What does this amazing reality tell us about this power? Shouldn't it tell you that if he can take something out of the vastness of nothing and create what we can see right here, can he change our lives? Can he change other people's lives just by his word? His word should be able to change lives. His word, not ours. Why should this truth about God's creative power be comforting to us? Well, if he did it before, ain't he gonna do it again? Amen. He ain't like us, you know. We got that light switch. <laughs> we turn y'all on yeah. and admit. Yeah. You doing what I want, switch on. When yeah. I don't, I switch off. Get you a back. Just think about it, God. Just think he turned the, the light switch off for a minute and stopped the air. Y'all think, hold your breath. Let him do it for a day. <laughs> but that's how it is. But that's how God's love is. God's love ain't like our love. That's the true agape love. You don't have that light switch, man. Thank God. I know there's many times you cut my light switch off. The benefit of studying God's word. There are multiple benefits to studying God's word. The apostle Peter tells us through scripture, the, promise of, the promises of scripture. The apostle Paul tells us through the promises of scripture, we became partakers of divine nature. And that's 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Ain't that amazing? Through scripture, in us studying scripture, and reading scripture, we become partakers. Partakers in what? The divine nature. And who is the divine nature? God. James speaks of an implanted word which is able to save your soul. Paul adds, the word of his grace is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among those, among all those who are sanctified. Remember now this word sanctified? That means set apart for a holy purpose. So you've been set apart for a holy purpose. Amen. Amen. And really it's what the, the whole lesson for this Paul is trying to get, and that is to tell your story show how God saved you through his son, Amen. through the Holy Spirit, and you're the person that you are now. You're not a complete person. We're not complete in God's eyes, but we're right where God wants us to be at this time. Amen. Because if, if you don't go through anything, we're going to go through until it comes back, until we die. Because that's the only way we keep 
Who keeps wanting to hear the same old testimony? Yeah. Should have a new one that he brought us through something else in our life. I know now, like I said, just when the elder always does the class and I find out he's giving me more compassion every year. Amen. Amen. You start out at like five. Amen. <laughs> and for those of us, for anybody that's taking the class, you know what I'm talking about. Five ain't too good. <laughs> but you're halfway there, though. But then all of a sudden, now, you know, I'm up in the, at least I'm up in the 30s, you know, at least I. Oh, okay. I'm trying. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, I uh, cried. Well, I always did cry when old yellow died, so that was probably my five compassion. I always cried when old yellow died in the little story. But now I can, you know, sometimes I find myself listening to a story on the news or something, and I share the tears. Right, 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 right. You know, right, it, it right. kind of touches me more. Right. But like I said, there was one time in my life I was You know, I laughed at it. I laughed at other people's agony and stuff. Other people, you know, being less fortunate. You know, that, that's pretty, you know, we talk about inhumane towards animals and stuff, then how inhumane are we towards people sometimes? And we just don't really think about it because we don't have that compassion. But I thank God. See, that's my new testimony now. Everybody knows my old testimony. My new one is I got a little bit more compassion. I'm glad. I don't really mind sitting tears in The Bible has a redemptive purpose. Seeing Jesus in all the scriptures, we are changed by beholding him in his word, we become like him. And that's 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Seeing Jesus in all of Scripture, in all of Scripture, going back to what I said, you will see him in Scripture, yeah. in his divine, in his divine being. We are changed. Now all of a sudden when this pandemic 
accepting all these things, people with scriptures trying to get you to see, and you staying on the baseline, we wouldn't be running up and down. But our intellect, sometimes our intellect is our downfall. We, we, we see these little things on the wall called diplomas and stuff, and now all of a sudden we think we are God instead of God's instrument. As my time flows near, I want to just close it on that. Stop trying to be God and let God use you. And we'll pray. Yahweh, one who breathed life into us, our Father, our Father, we're crying out to you right now. Because we see through this lesson right now, Father, we do have a mission. And it's an important mission. And Father, even though this epidemic is trying to squelch where we can't really go out and do evangelism as we know it, each and every one of us has an individual time that we can be that evangelist. There are people that we come in contact with each and every day, Father. And so, Father, as the devil tries to throw this pandemic out here, Father, we're going to use this time to do more personal ministry. Amen. Reaching those that we are around, Father, letting them know about you. Because, Father, as I said before, there's many people right now, Father, that's, that's being depressed by this. But they can see through our lives that we're still going on with life. We're not allowing something to change us and conform us and make us mean and evil <coughs> like we were. You're trying to show us in our, in your word, Father, through your son, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, Father, that we can still have joyful lives, Father. Yes, we can still prosper in this time period, Father. We can still have all the promises, even though there's all kinds of discord around us. We will no longer allow those discords to stop us from the true mission, and that is reaching that last Gentile. Amen. And as always, Father, we should give you all the honor, all the praise, and all the glory. Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, In Jesus name. And all God's people say, Amen. 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 Amen.